Hello, hello. Welcome to the Jimmy Meat World podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Kang. And on this episode of the podcast, I have a conversation with my friend, Andrew Portner. Andrew's an engineering manager and improv comedian. We talk about everything from how Andrew ran one of the largest IRC channels in the early days of the internet to dealing with imposter syndrome and how for- horrifying it is to do improv comedy in front of a live audience. Anyway, let's get into the episode, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with my friend, Andrew Portner. We're live. And we're live on my head. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, good. Good. All, all things considered, quite good. We're how about how you? many months deep into COVID? Six. Six uh, months. Half a year. As far as I know. <laughs> Counting the tallies I've scratched into my wall. <laughs> I think we're up to 180. Yeah. And so you've been, you guys have been remote since March? Yeah, or, I think so. Around there? Okay. Yeah. Whenever they sent everyone home, it was like a week before that. I see. So I think March. I yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had my birthday. And When's your birthday? I got, my in birthday March? is February 28th. February 28th. My mother's maiden name, if you're trying to fish me, is that? No. Um, <laughs> so I had my birthday. I was going to have a party and I had a horrible stomach bug and mm. I was out for a week and I was like, oh, I feel better. I should like get this birthday party going back. And they're like, everyone, no one see friends ever again. <laughs> and then the, uh, here we are. Flash forward. <laughs> world shuts down. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, so when I'm, I don't know how I'm still experimenting with the template of the podcast, but so far I'm trying to go Rogany and just long unstructured format podcast what was the what was the format of of your podcast sure it was it was improvised so what we would do is we would do something at the top to like set the scene and then introduce a character so it was like either me or my friend colleen or both of us would be the host and then we would have um either a friend be a guest on it as like Mm -hmm. a character they just be a character that they wanted to be or um, if one of our friends is busy or something, like one of us would be the host and the other would be a character. So we'd like introduce the, the person and then just have like a long form interview. And then oftentimes we'd have fake interview questions for that person. Like we just kind of figure out who that character was and then pretend that people had written in asking this character, like things like this character was an expert of some kind. And then I think we would try to like tie it together at the end. And then I think that was it. Yeah, I see. I see. Is this with the the um, Debbie Improv Party, the group that you were with before? People from there or different? Uh, sort of like same same circle of friends. Yeah, I see. I see. So I I didn't spend enough time preparing. I've I've spent very like different amounts of time preparing and doing the LinkedIn creep. But you had your LinkedIn yeah. bio was all the research I needed to do. So oh good, your LinkedIn that's who bio I am as a person. People, <laughs> if you manager. don't know me by LinkedIn, then I've that's the real about. that's the real Andrew. <laughs> yeah, your LinkedIn bio, Andrew's LinkedIn bio is people manager, passionate developer, Tiger King enthusiast. That's already expired. Yeah, I'm no longer <laughs> Tiger oh, King no. enthusiast. So this was mid binge. This was this is you got two hours of Tiger King material that you want to run through. Um, oh. Yeah, this was like at the height of the Tiger King binge. Was when I was like, I'll change that, and then I haven't touched it since. <laughs> that was. Did you did you uh, make it through to the end? Uh, did I? I think I did, and I think there was like w- a bonus episode they released after the show. Uh-huh. Okay. And I only watched it because I had like a text thread of friends that were also watching it because it made me. Re- it just made me hit. I feel like I hit an emotional rock bottom like at least five times in an episode. <laughs> 
you would just be like, oh, no, why? Like, no, someone has to help. And then like four more times. Yeah, there is, it, I, I, I could, it was stimulus overload. It, everyone is describing it to me as you cannot believe what's going on in every single episode. It just is jaw dropping. Yeah. yeah. It totally was. <laughs> it made for good TV. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. But everyone is the worst person on that show. Except for, I think, the one person whose arm got eaten off. Oh. And then he's <laughs> yep. screaming about how he'll never financially recover from it. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's the, yeah. That's the concern. <laughs> um, other information I dug up on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're currently an engineering manager at Roblox. Correct. You also worked at Facebook. Yes. Disney. Am I saying this right? Playtica? You're at Playtica. Uh, Playtica. Play Tika. You were there for quite a while. You're there for almost five years. Yeah, almost five. So you've worked in gaming a lot. You've worked in social. You've worked in social in gaming. I've done it all. Social gaming. Social gaming. You've done it all. That's it. I'm about to retire. Really? No. Oh. (laughs) Nowhere near enough. (laughs) Damn. I've just accomplished it all. You've just made it to to the apex. Mm-hmm. Senior manager. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Top of the mountain. Um, we have Cal Poly in, in common. Go Mustangs. We Go both Stangs. went to mm-hmm. we both went to Cal Poly. And that's where you're, and then also you've been very involved with uh improv. Yeah. Ever since ever since Cal Poly. How did you get into improv? Because you're involved with improv. This is the last bio I'll give of my summary of Andrew Portner's life. Sure. Uh, is you got involved initially at Cal Poly and then you've been involved with the, the group that you're involved with is Deadbeat Improv Party. Have you guys been doing, not, I mean, obviously not during coronavirus, but have you guys been staying in touch? And uh, A little bit. That group kind of fell apart. I think I felt like we we're all, it was like a really good group, but we mm-hmm. didn't rehearse and it was like really hard to put shows together. And it's, yeah, in the city, it's, there's not a thriving improv scene. So it's hard to like even get people to shows. Um, but yeah, you're, so I flashing back to 2004, um, super awkward, very dorky, very introverted, but I always loved comedy and I always like making people laugh. And mm. so I wanted, I think to do stand up, but there wasn't anything. And at Cal Poly, there was improv comedy. I didn't even know what that was. So I, I took a class on it and it, I was taking theater classes at the time cause I felt burned out on computer science at the, the ripe age of 20 i'd hit my oh no I mean, I've been, yeah i've been coding for a long time and i i don't know i, I don't know i was like super moody at that time um Even but i wanted poly you were coding yeah i've been coding since i was like nine or something dang yeah parents get you into it or you just found it kind of i was on the computer a lot and there is this program called qbasic Okay. So it's like it's a programming language, but you can do graphics and stuff with it. And then there is back before most people were on the internet, there are these bulletin board systems that you could dial into. And there was a group of people that would use QBasic. And so you could talk to them and they would share code and stuff. Are these QBasic IRC uh, channels type of things? Or this is like pre IRC even. Oh yeah, my goodness. Is BBS days, my friends. Oh. It is very text oriented. But yeah. I thought it was cool for knowing IRCs. But you are cool. Yeah. <laughs> if you t- if you meet anyone and say you know IRC, you will be told you're cool. I heard the Slack guy talk about IRC and I'm like, oh, I'm going to use that someday. That's- <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I lived it, man. I know. I actually was an IRC admin 
in a network. Ooh. There was, I was like the fourth, this is a weird uh, story, but I was like the, there was a IRC network. I, this was like the fourth most popular, the third most popular IRC network. And I was an admin on it when I was about 12. Oh yeah. I would lurk in those chat rooms. I'd help people who had issues registering channels and stuff. <laughs> and then eventually they gave me, it's called an O-line. It means you're an operator and you could kick people off of the server and it, I think I spent most of my time when I was an admin just like uh, banning people for botting. And that was like it. But yeah. So there was even botting issues back in IRC days. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. It was, we, I don't, I don't know. This is like this, this chat network merged with um, these, the two biggest chat rooms in Malaysia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is like how they got all their traffic. <laughs> but apparently Malaysia was just discovering IRC. And there are these two chat rooms. I don't know how you pronounce it. Mamak and Kampung. Those are the hmm. two ones. And so hmm. the traffic of the server doubled or tripled overnight when they got those channels onto their network. And But ever since that happened, there was a lot of botting. People from those IPs would just... There'd be like 20 or 30 people all connected to the server. I don't know what they were doing. Trying to scam like, people maybe? Right. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, was... <laughs> so as long as there's been chat rooms, there's been bots. Yeah, and scammers. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a lot of power for a twelve-year-old to be an admin. It's too much power for a twelve-year-old. <laughs> yeah. How did you discover computers in the first place? What made you? What attracted oh, you? To I don't him? know. My dad. So my dad was an engineer, and he had one. Um, he had. We had like a old like IBM computer. I think it was like a two eighty-six or something. And there were games on it. And I always loved games. We got a ColecoVision when I was four. And then when I turned five, I got the original Nintendo with Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Ooh. And since then, just hooked. Mm. I still vividly remember playing the original Super Mario. And you know how there's four levels for the first level, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You beat it to the castle, and then you beat Bowser, and then it continues. Right. We, had, we thought that was it. And so I took a nap. And I, I woke up from my nap. My mom was like, I beat the first level. And I like blew my mind. And she's like, there's more levels. And that was, <laughs> I could not imagine. So ever since then, I've been playing games. And then I wanted at some point to make games. And I learned computers could help you do that. But I'd always been playing games and doing stuff either on the computer or whatever. And we got, we got these access to, it wasn't the internet. It was like a bulletin board system. But you could download games and do, chat with people pretty early on and that hooked me mm. so being able like the, the whole fact that you could make a game you're obsessed with games you can make games but then also more more that you could it was kind of social you could talk with other people yeah yeah it's both both and i didn't i didn't even understand how programming worked because there is a the one game it came with was called gorillas which is like worms or gunbound mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. there's two gorillas and you're on randomly generated skyscrapers and you're throwing bananas at each other and you put an angle in and how hard you throw out a velocity and it, the gorilla would just chuck the banana. Mm. And I wanted to make Street Fighter 2, so I tried to rename banana to fireball, thinking that would do the trick and it didn't. <laughs> but that's like that's how I was trying to figure Be out. Be the next big thing. Yeah. Oh man. So then you went to Poly. You did you make any games when you were in in when you were a kid or when you were in high school before you um, went to I I did. I made a lot of strict stick figure fighting games i remember i figured out how to make pong and i would try to just show off to friends i'd show them how fast i can make pong from scratch mm. pretty cool pretty cool stuff yeah. that's like mentioning irc 
it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I made some games, nothing nothing big. Um, I'm trying to remember what I did coding wise. When I was in college, I used to play a lot of Counter Strike. Before Counter Strike Go, there was 1.6, and I I made a video that got pretty popular in the community by putting mods into Counter Strike and not telling people. So we in the competitive scene we had a team and we would find people to play us. And when they played us, I would insert these weird mods and stuff. And the other team didn't know. And all of a sudden there was just like a helicopter flying at them or random monsters or stuff would be invisible. And we recorded, it was like a prank video and then we released it. And I was coding a bunch of C++ in the half-life engine to make it do a bunch of weird stuff. Oh my goodness. Like I, we, there's one map in Counter-Strike called nuke where there's a big metal plate on the ground. And Mm. then I used, half-life engine or whatever to hook all five of our characters to the thing and i levitated the thing off a magic carpet and so there's a guy just standing outside and all of a sudden you see five people on a magic carpet flying at you in this game where you can't fly let alone doing these things so it's like it was like pretty funny in the community so you're you're modding the game yeah i I don't even know how that works You, you can just you can mod the game and it's kind of like a hack but you can't can you you can't do it while you're playing other people you can only do it you can't so nowadays all the pro games, you don't have to worry about what server you're playing on. And back in the day, if you were serious about competitive gaming, you paid 20 bucks a month or something to rent a server so that you could have private matches on it. And then you would just do whatever you want on that server. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't screw up the, the level playing field or anything like that because you were on your own server. It was an ice. Uh, you would find the matches to call it back on IRC. So you'd hop on IRC and go five versus five game here's the level i'm at anyone want to try playing us and then people would message you saying yeah like what's your server and then they'd hop to the server i see yeah so irc was kind of the center of the universe for all the things you wanted to do all the interests gaming yeah it always came back to chat and irc was and aol and some messenger were super popular for a solid decade i think yeah and irc seemed pretty open like that's the i feel like that's the part about chat systems now is that chat systems are kind of a lot of them are closed and it's kind of who you know, but it sounds like RSC was pretty open. Like, you Yeah, I don't know teams. how much discovery happens on chat and stuff anymore, how much chat rooms exist where people go to, to meet people. But I made a bunch of friends in chat rooms on IRC because it was no it, chances are at the time you knew very few people that had internet or IRC. So mm. you're trying to meet people that also had this thing. Mm. This had to be 96 or something. I see. Was there a directory of all the IRC channels that you could join? Yeah. Yeah. There was a directory of servers and then there was a directory of channels. And I forget how I even found the server that I was on. But yeah, there was a few popular ones. I see. So I guess the modern day equivalent is finding out about a Discord channel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then joining that Discord channel. And then there you could you could make friends and join their join them in game and Discord, yeah. I'm sure, does a lot of nice stuff that probably you weren't able to do in IRC. I don't think um, there's much. I mean, sure, there's tons of integrations. Yeah. IRC, you couldn't load images and stuff. But yeah, yeah. for the most part, it's actually kind of similar. It hasn't changed all that really? much. Yeah. Huh. Do you use Discord a lot? I use it quite a bit, yeah. yeah. Are, you still, uh, are you still gaming? I started picking it up within the last three or four months. Yeah. Mm. What I've have you been playing? In years. Valorant? Have you heard of that? Valorant. One? No, I haven't yeah. heard of Valorant. What That's, kind of game uh, is it? It's a first-person shooter. It's like okay. the League of Legends people made an FPS. Ah, 
So it's a lot like Counter-Strike, but your characters have some special abilities that they can do on top of just running around shooting stuff. I see. So yeah. when you say Counter-Strike, is that CSGO? Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're a big CSGO player. I was. Oh, so I played Counter-Strike the first one. So originally Counter-Strike was a mod for Half-Life, which was a game a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then it became its own thing. And over the years, they've re-released it and added better UI to it and all that stuff. But yeah, the CSGO is very similar to how Counter-Strike was when I played it. Just better graphics and more matchmaking and stuff like that. But the same, it's like the same principles and stuff. I see. I've, I've always been, I played, I've never been a serious PC gamer. Um, I built a PC for fun and played PC, but I feel, I feel like I'm a poser when I'm playing PC games. I've more been a console. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, maybe it's the attention span, but I've, I've always loved the Nintendo games. I've always loved oh, yeah. Mario 64, played Mario Kart, played Mario Tennis, all of those Mario games and Nintendo, a ton of Pokemon, hundreds of hours into Pokemon. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, PC games I want to get into, and I like watching videos of people playing or streams of people playing. I think it's really interesting, but for some reason, I don't know. I've never been. And I, I, I did like playing games on Xbox. I played a lot of Halo growing up. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I, can, I can see why PC is so superior and people like it so much, and you can just have a backward compatible library kind of forever. You can just have a super big Steam library and I get it. I don't. I don't know what it is though. I just really like console gaming, and I like mobile, mobile gaming. I I would consume all of it. I did all of it. I played console or whatever. But I think what hooked me on PC was the competitive nature of it, mm. and how you could play other people. Because growing up, not a lot of people. You had to physically get someone to your house to play a game with them. But the internet let mm. you do it on a PC, and I think that's what hooked me on PC was being able to play with other people. Oh, it was way ahead of its time. Okay, yeah, because the internet. That makes sense. The internet, the yeah. whole internet thing, the whole internet thing. I By see. the way, I think that's going to be big. I don't, I don't. It's yet to be determined. Um, I was on this website Google, and there's actually a bunch of stuff on it. I think. What can you do on that? It. What can you do? On um, that? I think it. So, I looked up my name, and it didn't know who I was. But I think it's if useless. Then. Other people. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're famous, partner is. I think you can look the up other admin stuff. Admin of the. It. The second most powerful IRC on the planet. This, How can uh, it be fourth, useful? Fourth. I don't know. The fourth can most. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Dude, I miss it. <laughs> I miss my powers. <laughs> it's like that uh, Coldplay song, Viva La Vida, about the guy that's like no longer an emperor. Great song. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. sad. I heard that and I was like, yeah, IRC. That's me. <laughs> What if I actually thought? I think that's what Chris Martin was myself. thinking about. He was thinking, <laughs> thinking about, about IRC. Andrew Partner's lost IRC powers. He won't come out and say it, but I feel like that's that's probably what happens. Are you a big Coldplay fan? I saw Coldplay live. That was I have Did done you really? almost zero concerts in my life, but was dragged to a Coldplay concert, and then now I love Coldplay. I feel like that's a concert that would please everyone. Yeah, I like them. Um, the Milo I, Zioto concert. I don't know if you remember that. Album. Milo Zioto. I don't know him that much. Mm-hmm. I know a few songs. I just started playing acoustic guitar again because I'm terrible, but I need something to do. And I, for some reason, like Viva La Vida, I think it's like four chords mm. and it's been great. It feels good to be able to just play something. <laughs> yeah. Coldplay is pretty awesome. They, yeah. they had us all wear these wristbands that were lighting up. So you've kind of felt like you're in it. It was, it was cool. And he's crazy. He just, 
he's sweating buckets the whole time because he's running up and down the stage super he's really good yeah really 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 good his guitar playing is insane he's good yeah chris martin piano everything so i didn't i didn't know you chris martin check out google you guys if you haven't these two things things. these two things could go mainstream they could go big you should buy the chris martin and the google stock immediately (laughs) yeah i got tons (laughs) i got tons of chris martin stock (laughs) oh so i didn't know you were into music i knew about the improv but i didn't know you're into music are you have you historically been into music or uh off and on yeah i've played piano i played i play that better than i play guitar but yeah mm. and you got um, serious rap skills <laughs> yep very, very yeah I'm up there. <laughs> uh yeah i did do that i did a rap for my my team uh and it actually went okay which i think is what people say when it they bomb and they haven't done it before. Then I think it went okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you, like, play, did you play it at Michael all? Scott would rap and say that went that went great. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you play it at an all hands? Or yeah, I did. Oh, I saw it was unlisted, and I'm like, oh, you know it's good. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the real shit. <laughs> so everyone was losing it when you were playing it. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, I played it. I don't know. I've always. I've hated having to ever sit through a company meeting that is boring. It just, mm. it bothers me on some level Yeah. where at least, you know, if it, if there's information that's disseminated or we're trying to get to a goal, great. But a lot of those meetings, I just in general at companies are like, get everyone in a room and let's just have this guy talk about this thing he's been working on. And it just drives me, it drives me crazy. I start doing the math of how much those meetings cost for all these people oh my goodness. in the room. I do that too. <laughs> if everyone and, makes a, if everyone makes hundred fifty thousand dollars, yeah, three hundred of us in here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my like goodness, six grand or something. Jesus. <laughs> um, so I I've tried to like punch the slides up a little bit, and there's been a guy on my team that I hired, Anton, who's great. And I've always anytime he's done something, it's been a meme where I just try to hype it up in slides, and I've tried to beat myself <laughs> every time, which eventually turned into a two minute rap music video about how we added code coverage to our builds. But yeah, people are going pretty nuts because I don't think, you kind of don't, I try to do it enough where people don't expect when I'm going to do it. Mm. And yeah. The Anton was next level. His his face was flying across the screen. <laughs> he, he, was he honestly like, hates that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Afterwards, he's like, you promised me you're going to tell me the next time you did that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I forgot. I legitimately forgot. but you were the glitch in the matrix during the meeting like everyone's falling asleep everyone's hearing about (laughs) everyone's hearing about krs uh no one was falling asleep it was very interesting and engaging but my yeah um no but i think it stood out everyone up it stood out yeah yeah yeah. no doubt i'm I'm trying to imagine that that was like (laughs) like you you almost have to do that at the end because then whoever comes up after you and gives the next thing that's hard to follow up. Someone did have to follow me. I think they killed the oh, meeting. No. They just stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> this poor person. Yeah. But it was at the very end. I saved it for last, but I was freaking out. And then Zoom like prompted me to like install a driver to do the audio. And I was like, no, no, oh, no. Yeah. Well, so this was during COVID. That yeah, this is during COVID. COVID. Yeah. Oh, dang. Oh, yeah. A lot can go wrong. Playing a video over Zoom with the audio <laughs> and everything. Yeah. But it worked and it's out. weird because you can only see eight people reacting to it. <laughs> and i think there was like 150 people in the meeting <laughs> oh my goodness oh yeah all hands are very strange because it's it's kind of a one person talking two people talking the whole time and there's 100 people on the call it's a strange thing 
It's yeah. in real life, but it's I just don't I don't I it's weird because Zoom has been this thing that I've always wanted ever since I watched that Dick Tracy cartoon where it has the wristwatch that can do video chat. Ooh. I fantasize about a future where it's possible. And now that we're here and it's the only form of interacting with a human, I'm can't I just get so zoomed out. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in meetings all day long. Yeah, as a manager, it's constant. Yeah. For sure. Do you like so you've been an engineer and an engineering manager. Yeah. You've seen both sides. What do you like better? Um, for my personality, I think I like engineering manager better. Mm. Um, there, on the coding side, though, there is this nice feeling of being able to get in a flow state and being able to solve a problem. You clock in, you do some stuff, you get the output, problem solved, you see it done. Whereas with the management, it's way less straightforward, but I enjoy the social aspect and talking with people and the mentorship side and the impact and stuff. So I think for, I think for me, I enjoy the management side, but every now and then I'll sneak coding in and it's like a guilty pleasure where I, if I have time for it, it's really, yeah, it feels good to just like knock something out. Yeah, that's something that drives me nuts about my job too, is when you're a product manager, you never yeah. get flow state you're in meeting 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 and i try and be i try and set up focus blocks but flow state is so nice to have like i only get it when i'm doing music or um creating something or i have long blocks of time where i'm uninterrupted but when you're constantly in a meeting you're constantly in a one-on-one or whatever it may be um and you're constantly getting thrown off by this or that it's like completely unpredictable like as is engineering uh being an engineering manager yeah that's that i envy engineers i envy designers who can have long blocks of time where they can um it's weird to think like when i get out of a meeting that the people some of the people i'm in that meeting with will not have meetings for the rest of the day it's weird yeah. to, it's weird to think about that you know or they'll be like oh, i had meetings all day and there's like <laughs> yeah they have like three meetings and yeah you're like, dude i had 14 i had 14 meetings <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you didn't have meetings all day That's yeah I, I totally know what you mean i heard i was listening to a podcast and they're talking about how there's different types of happiness and how you need different types to feel fulfilled. And one of them was flow state happiness where you're just doing something and you're not thinking about it. I totally buy that. I, I totally buy, buy that. Yeah. Like, don't you feel better? Don't you like, don't you feel the most you when you're like, you are so good at improv. When I went to your show, it was awesome. I hope I could go to more. Oh, shows. thank you. Yeah. You were so funny and you're natural up there. And I'm sure that wasn't like, that's probably, you had to work to get there. Um, Oh, but constantly. Like when, yeah. And I, yeah. I still beat myself up. I feel like I could be so much better. Yeah. The coolest thing I saw you do when you were there, um, I don't remember the specific jokes, but I remember one of your jokes bombed. Like no one laughed at it. And Sounds then, about right. But, but <laughs> so then, far, so good. No, no. I mean, this was like all of your jokes were hitting, but one of the jokes bombed. Uh-huh. But then the impressive part was that you, like, you just acknowledged it and recovered and like moved on. And then like everyone forgot about it. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, like that would have been, I would have been dead. I would have been dead at that moment, like horrified. But like, that was what for me was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I, like that skill, I was like, oh, he for sure has done that before and knows mm-hmm. how to get out of it. And some people I'm sure have experienced that and they're just done. They're, they're like, I'm not. Oh yeah. It gets in your head or whatever. Yeah, and it's gone in my head a million times. It's like, I think it's two things. I think one, it's it's immersion therapy yeah. where you're just, you're when you start off, you're bombing constantly every mm. single time because you don't have a sense, you don't know how to create humor. 
you don't know how to do improv and improv itself is like it's almost like a game that you play or a language that you learn or something you have to learn the rules and how to do it with another person and until you get that down it's like it's terrible and you just bomb constantly constantly and they make you push through you do a scene where you feel terrible and it lasts for an eternity and then you go up and do it again and i think it's part that and then part just chasing the high of when it does work and it does connect the audience loses it that you're like okay like that didn't work like recover find the thing push through yeah yeah that was the that was the most impressive part i mean i don't even it, it probably it wasn't big but and also i always think about you know when i'm when i'm listening back to my podcast or when i listen back to my songs it's always cringy right because you're mm. like hypersensitive to what you're saying and people are probably only getting a fraction of kind of the nuances that you pick up up on your on your own so it's kind of amplified yeah right? yeah i think so yeah yeah you want it to be perfect because it's Definitely. it's it's a thing that you're making and putting in the world and in some way it's just as much who you are as yourself you know what i mean like when you put art out there you're like this is just me this isn't a song this is me and if you don't yeah. like it you don't like me and that's how it feels yeah for sure so you, you hyper analyze it and do all those things and hyper tune it which makes you can make you better and it can also make you insane <laughs> how did you get past that when you were first getting into it because you're probably this is probably when you're when you're um, at poly you said you're nervous you're a pretty nervous person it took me a long time to feel confident probably over a decade i like i don't even feel confident now but as like compared to how i felt before probably over a decade or something insane of just grinding at it um i don't know i think i've always been a nervous and anxious person and improv had been a way to try to push through all the weird things where i don't have to be myself i can be a character and if that works then that it just feels good you can kind of put on a mask or something Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been doing sort of like mindfulness and meditation stuff for about a decade now as well. And that's been yeah. helpful too, dealing with just panic and the voice in your head and all that stuff. What so kind of those, mindfulness stuff do you do? Um, I did meditation off and on and, uh, I often just try to come back to stuff in the moment. I just try to incorporate it into my day. If I notice something in my head or I'm doing stuff or whatever, just try to connect whenever I can. Mm. Uh, and that seems, it's like, I think it's better if you can try to incorporate it in your day than to try to do it in a vacuum. But it took me a while to be able to incorporate it, even 1% of my day, which I think is like a record. Mm. I, I've been trying to do that as well. I, I, I was using Headspace for a little while and I really liked that. I really liked the Headspace ones where you could do it, you could listen to it on, your, on a walk. That, yeah. I, I really liked that. And then, that I started using the Nike Run Club app and trying trying to get into running, and those they have these guided runs and they did a partnership with Headspace, so it's kind of meditation but also mm-hmm. running. Yeah, and like that for me was just I don't know. It's I feel like it's work to do med- it. It maybe because I'm not very experienced at it, but it's kind of work to get yourself to kind of think about nothing and like get out of get out of monkey mind. But when you do, it's like a huge it's a huge burst of of relief and energy oh, yeah. and kind of focus so it's it's so it's awesome i think it works for it. different ways and different people too some people it's better when they're sitting some people like what you're saying when they're moving you can yeah. connect to your body a little better or whatever yeah. and you get out of your head yeah it's super helpful and there's been i've gone deep down the rabbit hole reading a bunch of books and stuff about 
people that have had these crazy experiences where they think they're enlightened now and Mm -hmm. there's these i think they're called maps or something but in i'm gonna botch this but in some sects of buddhism there's a path that you go through where you you fundamentally change how you perceive yourself and the world it's kind of crazy but you're able to observe your mind enough to think you no longer think the voice is you and i think that's been my whole thing is the voice in my head has been me that's what used to make me anxious or nervous or depressed or whatever and i still get attached to it and listen to it but i can snap out of it better whereas before i thought it was me and you you can have some real trippy insights going down the mindfulness path and observing what that is and i've had times where i've like felt super euphoric i've had times where i get all like stressed out and sweaty from doing it it's really weird it's it's super interesting to just stare at your own brain for a little bit try to figure it out that is trippy. So it's kind of, I, that, I mean, that makes sense because there is that part of you that kind of is always telling you whatever, all your insecurities amplifying all that. Like, yeah, you're, yeah. Foster, you're not funny or blah, blah, blah. Right. And then, yeah. So you went, once you kind of meditate and you get to a state, you can kind of look at that and you're like, okay, that's not me. That's a piece of me that's doing that to me. And I, I can kind of, because if you, it's, I, I feel like most people listen to that side of them. Right. And oh, yeah. I, I do it all the time. Depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like different ways you can approach it. So there's like the default way where you sit, you breathe and you follow the breath. And anytime you go away from the breath, you just acknowledge you've done it. You don't judge yourself. You bring yourself back and you reward yourself. You go, yeah, I brought myself back and you try to count your breaths or whatever. Um, but there's stuff that you can do the way you observe things appear in consciousness and, this is going to sound super weird, but I've, I, I had this insight where I, I've, I realized there isn't a self. Your brain is just a collection of systems. There's a, there's a part of your brain that tells you you're, you're hungry. There's a part of your brain that's understanding what I'm saying and turning that into like how you feel about it. There's mm-hmm. a part that senses temperature. And there's a part as his job is just to, to talk about stuff. And I realize I can't control it. And it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. And I had like a real crazy breakdown. I was like in the middle of the most stressful time of my life. Mm. And I was trying to meditate as much as I could because I needed something to get me through. Like mm. having two kids and working and all that stuff. And that kind of, it kind of helps me dissociate from it when I'm in a stressful spot. I just go, that's like a, the thing. Mm. Um, and it's, it's honestly the most helpful thing of my life, I think just being able to fall on that yeah do you're saying you usually try and find time during the day so even during a work day or um i'll try if i can remember i'll just try to notice what i'm thinking and then go back to it and sometimes Mm -hmm. it happens zero times a day sometimes it happens five i don't know but Mm -hmm. if you can do it and i do it more more when i notice anything negative if i'm feeling down or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I hear the voice say something crazy. I just go, oh, okay, never mind. I'm just like listening to that thing. Yeah. And uh, just let it do its thing and not not freak out too much about it. And I'll try to stop it because you can't, but you just realize it's a part of your brain that's doing a thing. That yeah, that's that's what I learned from hearing like hearing the 
the I don't know, the the I think it's the the founder of Headspace who does some of these these uh, the Andy Puttycomb is the best voice by the way. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is it the <laughs> British guy? I think. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, he was he was talking about it as letting like watching all your thoughts going crazy, just like picture it as a, a highway, a super highway of just mm-hmm. cars going left and right, and just crazy mayhem, things crossing in the middle of the street, and just like pull yourself away from it and just to to watch it and just to kind of focus on your breathing and that calmed me down so much because I always feel anxiety about oh my gosh okay I'm you know I'm a I should be at a better company I should be more senior mm. I should be making more money I should be doing this and that I want to make music I should have made 10 more songs this week but I also want to um, learn piano. you know it's like this the monkey mind of all the crazy 10,000 things that I want to do yeah it's like it's so hard to calm so hard to calm that but like if you do that that's super ultra counterproductive and it just sabotages you because you just feel like you're not like you're not in control you're never gonna do it but if you if yeah that helped that helped me a lot also and i don't i don't i think i should do more meditation because i sometimes forget that that's just it's like you were saying it's a part of my brain just just doing something and to let it like don't even try and that was his thing too was like don't you can't try stop make, it. Yeah, you can't stop it. It's the highway. It's gonna go. It's gonna <laughs> yeah, go. Cars like, are gonna your go. brain does it. it. It's like your brain is uncontrollable to some degree, mm-hmm. right? And so it is. So you you do two things. One, you you get better at being able to go back to the breath, and then over time, you actually recondition the brain, and you stress out about stuff less. You just find, oh, I'm actually not as freaked. I haven't thought about these things in a while, or whatever. You can actually recondition your brain to not panic as much about stuff over time mm. it's uh yeah it's super powerful um yeah. something i was trying to remember what i was gonna say you, you said something that made me want to jump in and talk about some random aspect of it but yeah i you seem calm you seem pretty relaxed um uh i don't know about it's the whiskey's <laughs> helping there you go <laughs> no i think what it was is i hit a point in my life where i had achieved a bunch of stuff like mm-hmm. I was, I always wanted to be a manager. I became a manager. I was, I was working at a company where I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm like married. I don't have to worry about, you know, trying to, to date and stuff. Cause that was a big stressor for me. And mm-hmm. at a friend group, improv was going well and everything was actually on paper really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point doing a bunch of meditation, I just kind of mellowed out. <laughs> things are like mm. things are good. I think I don't have to worry about. I don't, I'm not really chasing anything right now. Um, I do feel like I need a hobby or something, something to something that's more creative for myself. But other than that, things mm. feel things feel really good um, right now. Yeah, apart from not being able to go outside due to the fires or or interact yeah, with yeah. humans or yeah, all these things like world's on fire. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other than the apocalyptic stuff. Other than the apocalypse, good. yeah. That is a weird, I've, I've felt like that a couple of times and I mm-hmm. almost feel guilty for feeling that sometimes. For feeling good or, about your life. <laughs> yeah. When I'm on a, yeah. like, I think about, okay, two, like two years ago I had, like, I was totally living just paycheck to paycheck, interning, trying to get my first job. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, once I get my first job and I'm like, have health benefits and decent pay and I can pay rent and get food and there's, there's no worries. Like, I'll be so, I'll be so good. And then I got all that. And then I was like, oh man, I'm not like, I'm not creative enough. I should be creating art and I should be doing all these things. And then like started making music. And then I was like, I just was like, okay, now I want to make 
like I want to see if I can make films or I want to like try all these other things and like I just kind of I feel like I had a couple moments where I was like no I've made some good progress in the last couple years and like things are going things are going okay and yeah to have that moment of like not stressing myself out and beating myself up is so it makes me excited to do less things and to do them well and it makes me feel like I'm in (laughs) control and not anxious because like sometimes I don't know I'm not the kind of person that's like I think maybe we're similar in that way where it's like I don't want to just like do my job and cruise and have that be it like I want to express myself creatively I want to push boundaries I want to see if I can do other things and yeah um, but I yeah it's if I hold myself to that standard and I, I put like ages on myself where I'm like oh by this age I better do that by this age I better do that then I just like my brain just flips out at some point and it just starts panicking and freaking oh yeah yeah you have no control over that stuff I like by whatever age it's nice to have goals but at the same time if you they're wrecking your brain (laughs) yeah Yeah, what is it about the I don't know if it's societal or a personality thing or it just feels weird to pat yourself on the back (laughs) doesn't it It is like my brain spends way more time telling about all the things I messed up on yeah it's weird good job it is weird to be like, you're, you're doing okay. Someone, someone said that to me yesterday. Yeah. I was talking about them, but like, oh my gosh, my, like, I've been trying to create music for four months and it just still sounds awful. And then they, this person's a, a musician too. Um, did you make the oof beat, by the way? Was that you? I did, yeah. It's good. Oh, thank you. It was, yeah. it's, it's fun. I'm just creating kind of cartoony, cartoony uh, TikTok style rap. Yeah. Uh, but thank you but it sounded good no it's a good beat i for my video i just stole something on soundcloud i didn't that's the way to do it all yeah that's the way to do it (laughs) so i'm impressed that you're able to do your own (laughs) i was never i was never feel like i was a good composer or anything like that i i i mean with music i yeah i i mean i i kind of took piano lessons when i was a kid and and i i don't know i never really was good at it never really committed to it um Mm -hmm. and then kind of just went nowhere and then I don't know. I always loved music. I started getting really into making music after I listened to this podcast on Spotify. It's called Dissect. Um, mm. I've talked about it a couple of times on that, but it's, it's really cool. It gets into the, the, the music theory of hip hop albums I really like. So each season was about a different album. Like one season was about Kanye, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, another oh. one about Frank Ocean, another one's about. And yeah, one of the seasons. I'm going to write was, that down. It was, it was, it's so <laughs> good. It, it gave me chills. The Kanye season was really good, but. Yeah, the season about Tyler the Creator was super, um, super inspiring. It was just like, I don't know, this weird misfit kid with yeah. a really act up raspy voice. And he mixed this like really amazing uh, music theory ability and like piano playing ability with his like really raspy kind of profane voice. And I was like, I definitely have, right? Like he's starting from this place where he should not be making music and figured it out. And I was like, I totally can do it. I don't know. And it was like, it was a switch where I was like, okay, I can make music. And I just want to, I just want to try it. And that was, that was, uh, that was like November of, of last year. And then I set a goal for myself. I was like, okay, I'm going to make one song every two weeks. So I was just beating myself up. I'm like, man, I want to make stuff, but I've never made stuff. I want to make stuff, but I never made stuff. And then I did it and I stuck to it. And I let my first songs just be kind of bad. But once I started doing it, like the monk, the monkey mind really stopped. Cause I was like, I was like, okay, I can actually want to do something and then do it. Even if it's bad, it's okay. But the fact that I can actually commit to doing something and do it at a regular clip, um, it for the first time, I think in my life, 
I felt like, so I, I, I committed to on Saturday, I'm going to do it for the whole entire day. I'm not going to do anything else except try and figure out how to make music. Um, <clears throat> it was weird. I got into that. Like, I think that was the first time I really had flow state very deeply and it felt like I didn't have to do other things in my life. It was like, I felt like I was at the center of the universe for those 10 hours on Saturday. I was like, I need, this is good. Even though I'm not good at music, it's, it, it's like innately satisfying. That's, I mean, you're good enough to get into a flow state because that itself, you have to actually have some skill at the thing you're doing to get into a flow state. Because if you've never played a piano before and you sit down, you're not, you're, by the end of the day, you're going to have a headache. You're not going to have enjoyed <laughs> playing, playing, you yeah, know what I mean? Definitely. That's, it. That's impressive. Yeah. I, I, I went at it full. I went at it full force. After I listened to that podcast, I started taking a piano class at Foothill called, I don't know if you know Foothill, the uh, community mm-hmm. college. It's in, uh, it's in Los Altos. So I started taking um, piano classes there. I started taking um, a studio recording class and then a music theory class. And that gave me the fundamentals to start, to start making stuff. And then just started taking courses on Udemy and YouTube. And yeah, for sure. Like I had to spend a lot of time. Like I realized that some of the time I was spending working was counterproductive because I didn't have the tool set to get into the yeah, state like right. you're talking about. So it's kind of a balance of, okay, how much time should I spend learning the thing versus practicing the thing. Cause if you're practicing the thing without the proper tool set, then you're just going to be pissed off and you're not going to be able to get into, into I always swing the other way where I just go down a rabbit hole of watching YouTube videos on how to do something and then never do it. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the, <laughs> that's the hard balance is like, I know I'm bad at certain things, but if I don't, if I didn't set that rule for myself where I was like, you have to make something and put it on SoundCloud every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't set that for myself, then I would have done that again, I think, where I was like going too much down the rabbit hole. But I don't know, even just like setting up the podcast, it was like mentally exhausting for me to watch 50 people's videos about, oh, you need to get this audio interface. You yeah. use USB audio versus XLR and like all this mm-hmm. stuff. I just had no clue. Like what, what the hell is any of this? But like the practice of doing it, even if it's not right, like I for sure probably don't have the optimal setup, blah, blah, blah. But the act of doing it and just starting is... Um, that's like 90% of the battle though. it is it's it's just getting your foot in the door and starting to do something because like I don't know, anytime I talk to people about changing habits I'm like do you floss and they're always like no and I'm like imagine trying to do like a habit that's harder than flossing and you can't even floss like our brains just don't want to add anything new so much resistance into our day <laughs> yeah so much resistance <laughs> it's, it's some weird evolutionary thing I guess to keep us from just running off in the jungle and doing stupid stuff um but yeah, it's super hard to pick up a new habit or try something new. And I think especially as we get older, the bar for where we're supposed to be at in our lives gets really high. Mm-hmm. Because as a product manager going in, the bar is a little lower. And then once you get promoted, then when you're senior, you're supposed to be executing at a certain level. Yeah. And everything around you starts escalating and everything around you has this expectation of you being at a level. And then you go, I'm going to start from ground zero and try to learn piano it's it's contrary to our lives i think in some way that we just don't want to try a thing that we're bad at it is i don't know but that's why i think is it's cool that like we like you 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 did it right like you were able to you started with improv like ground ground zero right yeah you didn't have any experience and then like you just did it and you've been doing it for over 10 years and i don't know that's that's why it's cool. That's why I wanted to, to talk to you about it. Because I think it's very, it's, it's, it's edge case for, in tech talk, it's edge case for <laughs> people to 
run up into that and have to have that feeling and then to overcome and stick with something for a yeah. long time. Very rare. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, I guess, what would you, what would you say to someone who like is attracted to something like you were attracted to improv back then for whatever reason it is, mm-hmm. it was like, how, how would you encourage that person to think about getting into that new thing and, and kind of making an ass out of themselves in the beginning and, but pushing through it? Yeah. I mean, improv's improv's great in the sense that you're doing it with a supportive group of people who are also shit at the thing you're trying to learn. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it just failing together makes everyone feel good. And then in your, in, I feel like in every class, there's one or two people that are amazing and one or two people who are weirdos and then yeah. everyone else who's around your level and very relatable. And yeah. I, you form a camaraderie pretty quick, but I think, I think one, there has to be some natural momentum pushing you forward in the thing where you want to, you want to be, you, you see someone at the top level of what you want to do and you go, Mm -hmm. I want to do that. You need something that's going to pull you a little bit. And I think it's, I don't know. It's like, it's the cliche answer. Just give yourself, make it, just let yourself fail. It does. It's not going to feel good. Mm. but you'll get through it. And if you can find some way where failing doesn't feel that bad, especially if you're doing it with people who are also bad or doing it with a friend or whatever, that I think that helps just have a network of people with you, a tribe or whatever, that you're all going through that experience together. Cause you don't feel like you're alone. Cause if you, if I were jumping into something new and I felt like everyone was better at that thing than I was, I would just naturally not do it. I would assume this isn't for me or whatever. But I think with improv, it's nice having people that have never done it. And you also stumble into laughs somehow. Within your first couple of classes, people will laugh at something you're doing. You'll do something right hmm. by, by accident or whatever. And to have a room of people laughing at something that you did when that's the goal feels really, really good. Hmm. I think you chase, I, I like chase that high. Anytime I have a good show, I'm like, oh, I got to do that. Like mainline that again or i like play it back over my head like remember that that thing it was funny like i just i want to live in that moment forever yeah it makes it all worth it yeah yeah, yeah. i i yeah that's i totally agree there has to be something pulling you like you have to be naturally attracted to it you have to deeply admire someone and like you have to really want it to go to go through to kind of to kind of trudge through the shit and 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 to get through it because it's not it's not easy and it keeps hitting you in the face yeah and i think that was on that podcast that was the second type of happiness they mentioned which is i think they even called it rock star happiness where it just feels like you're killing it mm. you feel like you're good at something that's just another type of happiness yeah and i think the third was higher purpose i see yeah mm. but the, yeah the rock star thing is a, it's a real thing it's just a feel like if you if you had one soundcloud song like how many what's the max number of hits or listens that your your song's gotten right now 350 that's good good. but if you upload one and it's at 10k you'd be like holy shit you'd be on cloud nine i'd lose it a while yeah i'd lose it then you'd be trying to recreate that and recreate that and i don't that's i think that's part of it isn't it it's like one thing to be good at music but to have other people loving it that's 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 why i think i do improv i want people to laugh totally enjoy it when people i make people laugh yeah there's definitely the side of i think too many people are concerned about 
the acclaim up front and I can't be good that they don't mm-hmm. get themselves in, in, in the game, right? Like think about how many people want to do improv but don't actually take the step, but they could be really funny if they push through yeah. some of that stuff, right? Like, and people, well, it, improv specifically, people are like, I can't do it because I'm not funny. I'm just not a funny person. You don't have to be a funny person. It's almost better if you're not, honestly, because in yeah. LA, sometimes you get people that are really good at stand-up and they would go in there and they would just do bits and the scenes would be flat because you're you're acting more than you're doing stand-up. Mm. You're you're creating a scene with somebody. And if it's just about you and your jokes, it's not gonna work, or you just go for a joke or a line in the moment and it would kill the scene, you're, it would deflate it. It's mm. almost better if you're a good listener and it, you can react honestly to a lot of stuff that creates a lot of humor just in absurd situations. Yeah, People that's overthink that. That's what seems so cool about improv, is it's like your brain's got to be firing on all cylinders. Like when you're doing standup, you've rehearsed this thing, right? And you've like, yeah. you've tried these jokes, some have bombed. And then now you have this formula where, okay, your Netflix special or whatever ready. And then like yeah. you, you have your set and you're ready to go. You know, it's going to hit more or less. Right. But with improv, someone who's great at any moment could have a horrible night or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, oh, like yeah. it's, 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 you, you have to be like really turned on and you have to be really just, um, there and you have to play off the energy in the room. It's it's like ultimate. It's like making a movie versus um, being on Broadway. It's like you can totally have a bad night, even if you're yeah. a great singer or actor, right? It's it's not easy. It's it's like uh, it kind of feels like surfing or something. Like you're trying the, whatever the waves are that day. You're just trying to catch the biggest ones. And there's you know it could be the crowd. It could be you're in a bad mood. You're feeling great. Your teammates or yeah. the venue or whatever. Yeah, it's you're just trying to, to catch it. Yeah, that's cool. I like that about improv, though, conceptually. That it's there's like it it, it is going to be different than the last show versus oh, yeah. when you're doing stand up. You know, maybe Joe Rogan does the same the the same spiel four times and he knows it hits. You know, or, or like they kind of have their sets that they do a couple of times, but with improv, it's a different it's a different beast, and that makes it probably nerve-wracking and probably makes kind of warm it's everything but yeah because if i'm going in cold i haven't done improv in like a month or whatever and i'm like Mm -hmm. gonna do a show because you know i've been staying home with the kids or whatever and i get a night uh the whole ride there my brain wants to be like dude what if you you haven't done this in forever you're gonna suck what are you like you know it's like even now even now your brain's trying to freak you out a little bit yeah Uh, definitely not as much as it used to but there's some component of it which is because you're gonna get up in front of people who have paid money to laugh yeah. and your job yeah. is to make them laugh and you have no control over anything until you set on stage. You, that, is, foot that, on stage. that is terrifying. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's terrifying and exciting to charge into the unknown. And once you've, once you've been able to make people laugh in the moment, you, it's like can be, have this element of excitement to it. Mm. Um, and, you know, going back to your previous point, yeah, it's like, the you're paying attention to a bunch of stuff because you're trying to figure out what you're going to say you're trying to understand what your partner is saying both as the character and if there's subtext where they're trying to get you to to do something or you know if they tell you like please like please don't dump off everything off my desk i just rearranged it you know your partner's telling you at some point you need to dump everything off my desk (laughs) yeah um and like you're you're understanding their subtext you're trying to 
remember their name and like other facets of the show because you can call it back or it's like it's yeah where's this thing going yeah um what's the pacing is the, are we close to the end do i need to tie things together like all those things um it's 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 a bunch but it gets flow steady kind of the same way because when you're making music you're trying to like figure out the chord progressions yeah. and the notes and how things fit together and how you mix around it's like kind of it's a bunch of ingredients anyway you slice it yeah, I know. I loved the show so much. I want to go to I want to go to more shows. If you guys do a show <laughs> over Zoom, I want to go. It feels like I don't know. You see you get to see people. I think it's so cool when you get to see people kind of in their element doing mm-hmm. what you know they love, doing what you know they're kind of like that's a unique skill. Like not everyone yeah. can get to that point where I mean everyone can kind of take the jump and be brave, but not everyone can actually perform in that environment and, and hit hit those notes. Like I remember in the show and I loved how you guys were like referencing different points. And it was just, it was so, I was blown away with how it felt effortlessly funny. Like talking to you, I know it's not, it's work, it's work and it's <laughs> it nerves. Me out you guys time. are nerves, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it feels effortlessly hilarious. Like oh, you're good. just watching Thank fun you. friends kind of shoot the shit. And it's like, it's, it's so smart too. It's like this bit is completely unrelated to that bit, but it, we referenced it mm-hmm. and it, it felt somehow cohesive which was so strange because um, I watched co- like comedy sports in, in high school mm-hmm. and it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It wasn't at that level. It was a different level, right? It was, it was, it was more kids kind of cracking yeah. like that, but it didn't feel like I was like, Oh, this is different. This is a different kind of bar. And I get why this is addicting to watch and, and come with <laughs> but then also addictive to, to be a part of. Cause probably it's not, it's, I, I I'm sure there's shows where it wasn't as good as the night where I went, where I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I can see why Thank you. Thank you, you love it. So much. I, 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 I had an awesome, I was like, this is worth 10 times the money I paid. I want to, I want to come again. Honestly. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Thank you so much. Um, tell me that all the time. Uh, <laughs> it, I'm not, you know, I'm not it, blowing smoke. It's, it was, it was awesome. It thank was cool. you. It, it, it can get like very flow steady where it does feel like your brain just knows what to do. Cause I think that's another facet of creativity where I feel like when mm-hmm. it's on, it just kind of comes out. Do you know what I mean? When you're yeah. writing a song or whatever, when you get into the right mood and you've put enough into it, you're just able to stuff just kind of falls out of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's nights where it does happen. And then the thing that happens to me is I go, Oh, is that going to happen to me tonight? Can I get to that point? And I start, I start thinking about this expectation that I've set for myself where mm-hmm. I've had nights that have felt really great. And I, mm-hmm. I hold myself to that bar and go like, people are expecting this or I need to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, once yeah. you feel like you've done something well, you feel like you have to do it that well. Mm-hmm. That's another weird brain psychology thing. It almost feels like when you're, I don't know, you hear about people like boxers talking about it where they're like, it's just like, it was just muscle memory in that moment. And they just threw the punch and knocked the guy out and it felt seamless. But then yeah, they're always yeah. psyching themselves out when they got to get back in the ring. It's like, I got to get back in a ring with this, with a dude who's trying to knock me out. And like, can I do that thing again? Will my body do that thing again? It's like, I don't know. It's a similar kind of feeling, right? You kind of always are always questioning yourself. And maybe that's, yeah. maybe in some ways it's bad because it makes you nervous, but I don't know. In other ways, I'm sure it's good because it keeps you honest. And it's like, no, I want to perform. I care about this. Like in some way, nerves so. are good. Yeah. You got to love the dance to keep going back in there. Cause once you feel like you've conquered the thing, it's weird to go back in knowing you might not do as good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, it's, I don't know. I feel like some people get psyched out by that. And some people don't like, I'm watching that Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls documentary on Netflix. Oh, yeah, Last dance. And he just seems like inhumanly committed to, 
always being the best. And you, you watch them go into playoff games where <laughs> anytime for me the stakes get raised, I get even more stressed out. Yeah. Like when yeah. I'm playing my Valorant game and I'm playing against platinums and diamonds instead of silvers and golds, like I'm I'm like, oh God, I'm gonna get destroyed. Like this guy's gonna kill me. I psych myself out. And for him, he's he's first time in the championships, he's talking shit against some other team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I like Born for it. I wish I had that. Yeah. I I think the things like both running and music, I think I think taught taught me that it's it's okay to be bad in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, but consistency helps a lot. And I feel like if you have a mentality of I'm trying to get like half a percent or one percent better today, yeah. I'm trying to move a tiny bit further, and then you just kind of think about the long term. You think about compounding interest, and you're like, mm-hmm. I want to do enough. I don't want to push. Like I want to push myself, but I want to be able to do this consistently so that I can get better. I think that's a good mindset versus what I used to do was if I can't run five miles at this pace, I'm not running because I'm yeah, embarrassed right, right. of myself. But I think like when I started in the, the Nike run club, those guided runs helped a lot. Shout out to Nike run club where if it was like, you can run as slow as you want, but you're out here, you're running and you're doing the thing. And I was like, wow, that's a different, it's that's different. a different mindset. And I think yeah. that, that is helpful, uh, a helpful way to think about it. And like, you don't beat yourself up. And then uh, kind of one thing that I was thinking about was, I saw this video on, on YouTube where this guy was talking about this, this concept where, um, called excited account- accountability. And he, he was like, he pitched, he's a video maker and he pitched Vox, the, I think it was Vox, the company he was working at. And like, he's like, I want to go make a travel vlog in Costa Rica or wherever it is. And the guy's like, okay, you can do it. You can try it one time, but you have to shoot it. You have to edit it. You have to do the sound, everything. And he didn't know how to do any of it. Um, and then but he really wanted to make this thing. So he just committed to it. He's like, okay, I'll do it. And then because he had these kind of factors of he was on the spot to do something, he kind of felt like he could figure it out. So he was capable. Like he's, he started learning how to do video editing. He's like, okay, this yeah. is within my wheelhouse. Cause some people cave at that moment. They're like, they I cave. don't have the experience. And this is like going from zero to Vox. Yeah. They cave, <laughs> yeah. but he felt like he had, okay, I can kind of figure it out. He had some experience doing it he cared about it a ton and he felt like it was important and his boss was expecting it. So, so like that was like this confluence of factors that was like excited accountability. And it's like, he was amped up to do it and he pulled it off and he was like, he was like, I don't, maybe it's like night before final or something like that, where there's like yeah. a moment when it has to come to a head. I think what you do and what improv is, is the ultimate example of excited accountability. Cause like, <laughs> yeah. you have to give a shit about being good. Cause if not, you're going to be planning a show planned. for months. You've been yeah. playing the show. You guys should have written a script by now. It is the yeah. night of you have nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's the <laughs> ultimate example of that excited accountability. And I think like that gives you like, if you're playing piano, if, if you're just playing piano for yourself and like you're, you're the only one who's going to hear it forever, it might not be as like, it might not really motivate you to practice it where if it's like hey you got a recital or you're gonna do like you're gonna do something or you're gonna work with someone else and be in a band i think maybe not all people need that but i think like i don't know i think that's really helpful and i think that's why people kind of miss the structure of college because they don't have that someone being like hey you got this test due or hey you got this group project mm-hmm. blah 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 but i think if you can build that in somehow for yeah. me to get that going i had to go back to community college and start doing these thing and like have a teacher who'd show up and ask me what I practice on. Um, but I think that concept is, is helpful. 
Um, yeah, I think you need, I think people just need a strategy for them and excited accountability sounds like a great one where you're pumped to do the thing, but you also have to do it by a certain point. And for me, I've always, I've always had the worst time with the unknown as mm. an anxious person. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, it always would stress me out. And I think with improv, it's, it's the ultimate ability to stare into the unknown and jump into it every time and it reaffirms that it's okay even if you have a bad show or whatever that i think over time i've become more comfortable with just life from that because mm. you're right there's like this this thing you have to do there's this accountability for it and mm. improv i think ramps up the stakes where you, you there's not much you can do to prepare other than do that thing a million times mm. That's yeah. It's I think it's it's definitely when you were talking about having like there has to be something pulling you and driving you there. Mm-hmm. I think it's so worth it though. Like I think yeah. it's way a way worse feeling to be like, what what if I would have done improv? Yeah. I I really want to do improv. That feeling just sucks. That like yeah, that's just the worst feeling ever. Versus like I'm kind of not good at this thing, but I'm doing it. That's that's actually a good feeling, and uh, I mean, yeah. it's not like a it's not a great feeling, but it's better than that. Is uh, the best feeling is I'm killing it. I have that moment where everyone's laughing at my joke, but sure, like most of the moments are either oh I'm not doing the thing, or I'm doing the thing and I'm not quite where I'm at. But doing mm-hmm. the thing and I'm but I'm not quite where I want to be is a thousand times better feeling that's, than like I'm a loser not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I think I need to do. I need to do something. I'm trying to figure out what the thing is, whether I don't know if I want to do more music stuff or mm. like writing or something. I need some creative outlet. I'm trying to figure out what that is right mm. now. I think, I don't know, this rap thing, the stupid, <laughs> like <laughs> rap video I made just reignited it was good. something in me. Yeah. Thank you. No, I, it was I, good. And you were like, you were holding the melody. It was good. I mean, I don't, I'm not the person to, to critique anyone, but I was good. It was catchy. It was high energy. Dude, thank you. Um, yeah. I did music stuff in college. I had one, my roommate and I put this, put a song out that was, it was like a hit on MySpace. No way. Um, yeah. I think it got like a hundred thousand iTunes downloads Whoa. or something crazy. Um, but that's another one of those things where, so I was in this, this duo with my buddy and it used to be like goofing around and then he wrote the song and I did, I like did some vocals on it and did like mm-hmm. add some stuff and it was, it was like a huge hit for us and we had never, we never got close that's to that ever cool. again. But that's for me, cool. I was like, well, I guess I can't write songs anymore because I, that's the standard. And mm. he, he was the one that wrote it. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna let him write the songs and I'll ad lib on top mm. of it or whatever. And I really got in my own head mm. about that piece of it. I see. Yeah. Mm. We should make a song together. It's fun. I'm so down. Let's I'm do it. Down. I love oof. Fun. I'm an oof fan. <laughs> We should do it. We should just make something. Music is the most fun when I'm not in my own head about, oh, I need to do this cool music theory thing. It's the most fun when I'm excited about an idea like, ooh, the oof sound is a really funny ad lib. And my cousin screaming oof would be very funny as a part of a song. And then like, I just start from there and then it just kind of unfolds from there versus a lot of time where I'm like, ooh, how do I make this chord progression, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like kind of too, I don't know. I'm too focused on the technical aspects of it it's totally not fun i bang my head on the table and then it doesn't net in anything but (laughs) when it's just like oh i'm excited about this idea like i have a spark that's when it's super fun and it's like i don't yeah i the other thing is like i've been i just got back into music again and i've been playing guitar tabs and the thing i found 
is that so many songs are actually at their core very very simple oh my gosh it so just simple seems so daunting and i think you have to go super like for people to make a good simple song i i feel like they have to go super deep on the music theory and learn a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and then pull it back yeah and, and then you just kind of know what works but like there's a there's that video there's i think they're australian this comedy band called axis of awesome and they have mm-hmm. this song called four chord song oh. and they basically play this four chord progression and they sing probably 10 or 20 different songs over it that all happen to fit into that progression yeah you find out the music itself is actually kind of simple in a way it is it doesn't have to it's not like computer science or whatever where to make cloud computing out of nothing it takes decades like for for songs it's actually kind of you can go with just four chords and play them over and over again yeah and you'll be okay it really is. It's like the one, five, four, six, or like yeah. there's those like chord yeah. progressions where it's like, okay, you just play this on C and it sounds pretty good. And it's yep. like everything. It's Beatles. Yeah, your C, Fs, and killers, Gs, and your everything. A minors, and you you got something. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's, it, is, it is funny. I don't know. And it's, I think it's exciting that like the SoundCloud rap, uh, it's like, I mean, a lot of people uh, kind of trash it, but it's, it's interesting. Like a lot of the songs are so simple and it's like just yeah. a, qu- a quick little melody. Uh, that's it and it's but I don't know it's like millions of people listen to it and they love it and they play it in their car and they jam out to it and it inspires them and it's like it's cool that it's so I like that's what I love about music as a medium is that um, like it doesn't have to be higher production value to be good or to be loved and like yeah. you don't need you don't actually need other people definitely help and it can like make your song better like you can totally create a song in your bedroom do it release it to all the different platforms and then like sometimes you know most of the time it will, won't go anywhere no one will listen to it except except for your mom but like you, it has you, have, a you have 350 moms my friend <laughs> that's a lot of moms traffic that's a lot of moms <laughs> first of all your house must be insane <laughs> so many moms a lot of fights yeah um, <laughs> um but that's what i like about music more than like I'd love to make films someday. I'd love to make TV shows someday. But with me, like you need a lot of people, you need money, you need so on and so forth. Like music is so pure in that I can have an idea. As long as I have the skills, I can create it and distribute it. That's, I feel like that's a beautiful thing. It's so, that. yeah, it's like so freeing at the same time. So tricky. Cause right now as you don't have to get a full band, you can use pretty loops or logic Logger. or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. Those things, throw something together and put it out at the same time. Like now the playing field has been leveled where anyone can do this so it can be trickier i think to get noticed but it depends on what your goal is if you're just enjoying making songs and stuff and i think that's kind of what it has to come back to if you want to be good at something you have to actually enjoy the thing but yeah Definitely. it's awesome let's do something i would love let's to do it. I, I always need someone else to get me excited about something and then i'll do it 100 percent. we'll make a song yeah. i'm excited for it done what kind of music do you like the best who do you who do you like to listen to that's a horrible uh, question that's like yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have I been listening to lately? Let me pull up my Spotify and I embarrass myself. Um, I just got into the song Under My Thumb by the Rolling Stones and I listened to the lyrics. I'm like, oh, this is very dark and misogynistic. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I got, I've been, A lot of songs don't age well. They don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I got into like Smashing Pumpkins a little bit recently. I Ooh. think it's been weird because... I have a theory where any music that you listen to in middle school is your go-to forever. Mm. And for me, it was, I discovered Green Day and Smashing Pumpkins and punk rock. And oh, I love Green Day. When I was in 
sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And I always, I sort of go back, and now I got a guitar, I go back to a bunch of random stuff. I've been listening to some of the most embarrassing 90s hits of all time. Um, I, could, I could pull up my garage, or what's it called, my guitar tabs that I've been listening to, and it's, it's, it's half okay and half terrible. I feel like if I wanted to learn guitar, I would just want to learn how to play Time of Your Life, and I would just play that every single day. I love uh, that song. It's on here, my friends. Uh, good riddance. Time of Your Life boom beautiful right song middle right over head over feet by lance morissette and under free fault by tom petty <laughs> i i think i saw fast car too yep fast car by tracy chapman another hit fire song anything a woman sang in the 90s is what i've been playing in my house <laughs> and then Joni mitchell <laughs> i don't know why i don't know why those are the go-tos but yeah I, think for anything, awesome. though, I, I love hip-hop and and rap i for the that hooked me, I heard Aesop Rock. Oh yeah, Aesop Rocky. Yeah. No, before Aesop Rocky. Oh, Aesop Rock. Aesop like a Aesop's Fables and Rock Aesop. like a Rock. Oh. Uh, this is a guy who does he does hip hop, and he has a song called Daylight, and that was the one of the first hip hop songs I ever heard, and it hooked me. Mm. I worked at a Best Buy, I think two thousand three. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. And I've gone down deep down that. Yeah. I love it because the beats are the beats are always really cool. They always sample older R and B songs or whatever. And it's I just I enjoy the catchiness of music more than anything else, I think. Me too. I especially after trying to make music, I hate on music much less in different kinds of genres of music. Because mm-hmm. I think it's it's a very intimidating like creating music is an intimidating thing to make, you know, like staring at an empty yeah. Like even for you, when you took that song from YouTube or SoundCloud and then you were writing lyrics of it, like the moment where you're just staring at an empty thing and you have to start writing it, it's like, mm-hmm. it's scary. It's like, you're, there's this moving thing and you kind of have, it's like, it, it's almost like there's like a moving half pipe and you got to drop in and it's just like horrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to do, <laughs> right? I've, it's like I've done it so many times and just like given up and just looked at the half pipe and been like, no. Yeah. That's like, the weird thing about moving. creativity is because you... I, again, I feel like it just comes out and sometimes I feel like it doesn't come out right away and I'm just like, forget it. Go do something else. Go play Valorant or something. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... I was reading this book about music in the brain and it's, it, it made me believe. I was like, oh man, anyone can be an artist. One of the things that was like, oh man, music is everywhere. It's like at funerals. It's like the one universal thing. It's played literally ev- almost everywhere. Yeah. can't go yeah. even before we could... Um, I don't know, before we had... Like caveman days, there was music, everything. But that's why. Where does that come from? Because I don't know. Evolutionarily, it doesn't make a. It doesn't make sense. Ton of sense. It doesn't. Where like why? If I hear a C major chord, it makes me happy, and if I hear it a little bit off as a minor, it makes me sad. Yeah. Where like, did that? Where did that come from? It is so weird, right? <laughs> like we know that's like yeah, exactly. We know something is uh, like on pitch, off pitch. It it is weird, yeah. and like we literally a, light, a part of our brain lights up when it's a certain way versus. Another way it is 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 one of the beautiful mysteries of the universe. I think. Do you ever watch those? There's, there's these weird videos on YouTube where, and if you haven't heard of YouTube, you should check it out. YouTube. So you can, you also can Google it. Fairly yeah. big. Um, there's a video. Is it big? <laughs> it's getting there. I, it's That's getting there. Okay. No, you're you're still cool cool for knowing about it in 2020. But <laughs> um, there's a these babies that cry, and there's husky dogs that start to howl when they hear a baby cry. And they're like, Arr! And the babies stop crying 
It's super. I wonder if there's Ooh. something weird. I wonder if it's related. I don't know. I, I, there, there, we have a weird, I think human probably and animals have a weird relationship with sound and yeah. music. Yeah. It's, I, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it was, I think it was talking about how when we're creating music, it's like your brain is just the most, and, and just when you're creating art, your brain is the most dialed in it will be versus like almost anything and mm. mo- almost anything else, right? Like yeah. you're, you're trying to like, you're working in a DAW. So you have these technical skills that your brain knows how to do. You're also thinking like you're drawing on past experiences. Like if you're trying to write lyrics and you're trying to do something, it's like, it's so exhausting because your brain is like, it's like the Bradley Cooper limitless type of shit where it's like, normally <laughs> you're just doing like normal, like you're doing a code review and it's like, okay, I gotta, gotta make sure this is yeah. kind of doing passing the test, blah, blah, blah. But then like when you're creating something like brand new, it's just like your brain is just like highest octane. And oh, so being there, sense. it's like, yeah, it's, it feels good when it works. It feels <laughs> so good. Yeah. Like the awesome. stupid, I keep going back to the stupid rap because it's the only creative thing I've actually sat down and made over the last several years that isn't just improv and I sit in, but yeah, it, it felt like it fell out of me. I'm like, how do I get this to, like I went from just having nothing to like pacing around and then a bunch of lyrics came out and I, it's the best I don't know. Feeling. I've tried to do that before. I think I just have to focus. Is it really just have to sit down and make myself do this? <laughs> That's a, I don't know. I, I, yeah. yeah, it's when I, so I still, I've got, I did those 10 weeks of like, I had to lock myself in a room. I literally told my girlfriend, like, I'm not going to be texting you very much on Saturdays. Like I'm, I can't hang out. I'm going to be doing, obviously it's hard to do. You have a, you have a family, but like, I think having a chunk of time is, is nice for sure. Um, but yeah, when I had that like 10 or 14, whatever hour stretch it was like, only, like if I get into that state for one hour, awesome. Like that's, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's right. It's so like, if I get into that state for 30 minutes, it's amazing. I think you're it's just like teleporting. In- intention and, and giving yourself the opportunity for it to happen yeah because if you never sit down to do it it won't yeah. happen there's no guarantee it will but you're upping your odds of something yeah. falling out of your brain that you like yeah thousand percent that's then that's kind of all you can do it's so frustrating when it doesn't happen oh the worst but getting there is like even if you only get there like every other time every third time it's that that feeling is so it's, it's i guess it's like it's kind of like uh the crack that you're chasing when you're when you're doing improv, right? It's like the lightning doesn't always strike, but yeah. you remember that it did strike one time, and you're done. Like you're gonna chase that forever. It's yeah, like, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, what the yeah. lightning? Yeah. yeah, maybe I don't know. I think I, yeah, I think music is a good one because you can you can control that. Have, have you ever messed around with um, stand up before? Uh, I've done it a few times. Yeah. Mm. I feel, like be real, I feel like you'd be really good at stand-up. Thank you. I think I have to grind at it pretty hard to figure out how to do it. I tried it a couple times. Mm. Yeah, I, it's, I, don't, I have a hard time figuring out what's funny about stuff before I bring it to people, if that makes sense. Like just mm. telling a story in front of a crowd or how to frame it or just going from nothing to putting together five minutes for me is hard. But I bet, yeah. I feel like if I grinded at it and just did it every week, eventually I'd have something. Yeah, that would be, that's another scary thing. Staring at an empty thing. Okay, how do I write a funny sketch? That's crazy. You're staring off into the abyss. That can't, that can't that's an art. Yeah, 
It's, it's, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's what I found. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's I, very I different, of, right? Improv and stand-up are just different worlds. So different. Yeah, hmm. super different. Because are there people that cut across well on that? Yeah, yeah. There, are. okay. Definitely. I think I've seen it work best when people go from improv to stand-up and vice versa. That makes sense. But I think stand-up is all, or improv is also more like goofy and theatrical. And I think it not necessarily something that people that do uh, stand-up want to do. Mm. But yeah, I, there's, a, there's a bunch of people that have, that have crossed over. I don't know if anyone has gone from improv to... F- Actually, no, I think, Donald, I think Donald Glover, I don't know if he counts because he's... Kind of good at everything. Insanely talented at <laughs> everything. Yeah. Kinda unfair. Yeah. But if I remember correctly, he there was an audition for improv teams at the UCB Theater in New York, and he missed it to audition for 30 Rock. No or way. To, to, or do something for 30 Rock, and he okay. got on 30 Rock. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But he did a bunch of improv, and there was a show. Uh, I'd love I, to see him do improv. Oh, he'd he's be, so he'd good. Be electric. Yeah. Yeah. It, I almost forgot how funny he was because he hasn't done comedy in so long and he's been doing Childish Gambino stuff. The new music, yeah. Uh, and then I go back and watch Community and I'm like, he's so funny. I got to um, watch Community. Is Community great? Community is great, yeah. It yeah. takes a little bit for them to hit their stride. Okay. But I feel like once, once they do, there's a lot of memorable stuff. Mm. I think maybe like halfway through the first season up until maybe like three or four. I, I'm going through it on Netflix right now and I'm going mm. through season two and oh, there's a bunch of stuff that's great. Yeah. Mm. It's good. It's it's really really good. It's kind of a underground hit, but yeah. Mm. What artistic? And and let me know if you ever if you if you got to go to sleep or you got to uh, put the kids to bed or no. Any, when do we start recording? Time? I'm excited to do this podcast. <laughs> We've been recording for an hour. What? Yeah, I'm using this tool called Zoom. Um, <laughs> this tool called Zoom. This um, amazing tool. Tool. <laughs> wait. wait um, what were you saying? No. What were you gonna? You're gonna asking something, and then I was gonna ask you. Ah, okay. We've been talking about improv. We've been talking about music. We've been, we, you have created in these spaces. What is an artistic field medium that you have not yet created in, or maybe you have created in, but like you have ambitions? Oh, I don't. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, there's stuff to. that I enjoy. I to. feel like I'm not as great at the music and comedy stuff as I want to be. And I feel like I've got enough of a foundation where I, I like, going from there and then starting from nothing because i always like drawing mm. as a kid i was mm. i was terrible at painting but for some reason pencils were fun for me but ever since the doing comedy and music stuff i haven't felt as pumped on art and i think it's because you can't mm. show a painting in front of a bunch of people and make them laugh at it like i don't know why i just want people to laugh at stuff oh i mean it doesn't have to be like art like that it could be like film or television or oh that's any, stuff, any medium yeah. yeah yeah i always had fantasies my buddy and i would always talk about quitting our jobs when we lived in la and becoming mm. a writing duo and that sounds see, so much fun we haven't done it it sounds fun and we, we always go back to this debate which is it's well first of all i think the people that make it in comedy are, are hungry they can't do anything else but that and it's so hard it's so competitive it's super competitive. It's super unrewarding. It pays very little. You're working terrible jobs just yeah. to make ends meet so you can do the thing that you want to do. And they work at it so hard that it, they have to make it. And for me, I've done computer science. I've, I enjoy it to enough of a degree where 
I'm willing to make my living out of it. And as a result, there would be times where I should be writing a sketch or I should be doing a show or I should be signing up for this like midnight jam to do more comedy. And I go, no, I'm going to go to bed. I work in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And you know, he and I both, now we have kids and we have, right. a, he's actually on, or he was, I don't know if he's still doing it, but he was on one of the house teams of the UCB theater in LA. He That's went to awesome. the program, made on a Herald team and then made it to a house team after he graduated from Herald night. He's really funny. Wow. Uh, my buddy, Scott, Scott Nyman. Um, and I have a bunch of friends from slow that have, have made it. Uh, at like gone through UCB and have like made it on teams and stuff. Um, but I, I think, yeah, writing, writing is something that I'm excited for. It's, it's harder to, to dip into, like you're saying, cause if you're trying to make a film, you need a bunch of actors and things and locations yeah. and it's a bunch of ingredients. And then if you're trying to make a song, you can sit down and piece it together for a few hours and, and yeah. on your own time. But yeah, like I, I go back to writing as a thing that I want to do more. Mm. Yeah. One of my, yeah, I would love to make films. I think it's like, it's interesting. I was, I was, I've been recently looking into like kind of smaller budget films. Like there's a really interesting model. I don't know if you know, uh, if you've heard of Blumhouse, but he like Blumhouse Productions is a film uh -oh. studio and they've made, they make all the horror films. They make like Annabelle and Paranormal Activity. Oh, yeah. And they've found this super interesting model where like Paranormal Activity costs like $20,000 to make. Yeah, it was they, super They cheap. did like $100 or $200 million. Yeah. And he has this formula where he's, he's like, okay, we're going to put $5 million in. We're going to make a horror movie. We're going to do, th I mean, this is pre-COVID world, but it worked for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And like people are going to go to a place together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. People, well, when people used to gather. Um, uh, and like if you make a horror movie and you can do it for $5 million because horror movies are pretty cheap. You like buy a house for you, you rent a house for two weeks, you get a camera set up and like, I mean, yeah. paranormal activities you can imagine, right? It's literally like a camera in the corner. Yeah. And that's the um, nice thing about the, that genre is all you need is yeah. a house. Really. You just need a house. And, and like, you don't, you don't need, one house. And you don't need well-known actors and like everything, no. like there's no chase scenes. There's no nothing. It's cheap. Um, and so, but like he can guarantee, like there's apparently there's some pop like subset of the population, which is like, women aged 25 to 35 that drag their boyfriends and husbands to movies and like you can guarantee that you're going to get your five million dollars back so you're never going to bust like you're just going to uh, break even and like even if it's bad like they do those pre-screenings and if it's really 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 bad and just tanks there they send it straight to video on demand and like still makes the five million dollars on that's crazy on, on itunes or wherever right and it's like but like so you have like half you make 50 of those 25 of them kind of tank they just go to video on demand they they kind of they make a, a measly five million dollars they make the five the measly but then you have some of them that turn into get out you have some of them that turn into paranormal you have some of them that turn into the purge and he mm -hmm. turned 400 million into four billion and like he he's had an opportunity to go do disney movies blah 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 fox movies but like he likes being in that scrappy space and i, I think it. that is such a cool model right it's like yes. and then he uses that he uses the the money that he gets from those horror movies to make the passion projects that he likes. Cause he doesn't really care about horror movies, right? It's like, the, mm. that's just, that's funding the films that he likes. I think he made, Blumhouse has made like a couple really great movies. They're kind of like the whiplash type of movies where they're, you know, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was actually uh, whiplash, but they've made some really great movies. I, I don't know. I think like the niche that he carved out for himself there is, is very interesting. One of my buddies, Chuck, he was, he was the first episode of this podcast he went to film school and he's writing a script right now and he wants to make like a $500,000 budget 
movie, which is like conceivable that you could raise that kind of money somehow, yeah. right? I mean, still, yeah. still a lot of money, but um, it's kind of exciting that like you can be pretty scrappy in the film world and and make something. And it was cool. I was reading his script. It's kind of like an action comedy, like coming of age story, a kind of like film festival type of. Uh, but I don't know. He like he he wrote like a seventy page script. I think they're usually around ninety pages, but it's so cool reading the script. Like it's so, it's so descriptive. The, the meta text is so interesting. It's like, this is what the room looks like. Yeah. This is the music that's playing. This is like what, you know, it's, it was just, it was so cool to, so cool to read. I think like being on a, I, I personally love TV shows the most. Like I think TV shows are the, like what I would love to, to work on, but writing seems, I don't know if I could ever do writing, but I think being involved with making films or TV shows would be, so cool because I agree with you like I would never create kind of like static art I think I like that reaction that you get from people when you make something visual yeah, or, yeah. I'm an only child I'm attention seeking I think that's what <laughs> it comes down to I'm with yeah. you that sounds fun let's make a tv show we'll okay. do one song so we're doing a song yeah we're getting our we're getting our grammy first and then we're moving over to to emmy season we're going to take over sure we're going to netflix to knock it out big, big we got what a few months left when do they give out emmys <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know about this year, but for sure, starting next year, we're we're just sure getting year. all of them. Done. Yeah. What would you want to write? Would you want to write a comedy? Would you want to write? I want to write like I want to write know. some dark shit. I want to write some yeah. True Detective, Breaking Bad. That's what I go to. Weirdly, as much as yeah. I enjoy doing comedy, I feel like I never want to watch comedies. I don't know why. I always want to watch some weird drama or something. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I never. It's hard for me to get excited about How I Met Your Mother or. Arrested Development, or I don't know. I'm sure. more like I want to watch Mindhunter. I want to watch yeah, like dark uh, yeah. serial yeah, killer both. type of stuff. But yep, I think we talked about you watched True Detective, right? Uh, I watched the first or, season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I mean that was the only one that was worth watching. Season yeah, yeah. One was so good, right? Did you season like Did you like really that good. show? Yeah, oh I did. I loved it. I got super hooked on season one. That show is so freakishly good. I time yeah. is a flat circle. Is that right? Time is a flat circle. Everyone at everyone at the company I'm at loves um, Matthew McConaughey, and I mean I feel like everyone loves Matthew McConaughey, but like True Detective too. So we got we got the True Detective giffies flying around everywhere. It makes me so happy. It gets me through my work day. Time is a flat circle. Just all the ones of him sitting at that table, like carving up the beer and like uh, making all those weird stick figures. Kudos to people that can modify their own physical form. Oh yeah. To- Fit in a role, like just watching Christian Bale gain or lose 300 pounds just blows my mind. <laughs> it is, it yeah. is absolutely wild to see that. Yeah, I would not want to do that. That does not sound dropping the weight, especially. That does wow. Yeah, I'm out, I'm out for that stuff, but I will, I will write a, a TV show with you. <laughs> All right. So we're going to write, we're going to write a SoundCloud phenom like, um, I feel like this is the traditional trajectory where you write one song on SoundCloud and then yeah. you turn that into a TV show. You move that to Broadway and there's probably a, f- a fourth one I'm, the, I'm forgetting. Yeah, because we got to do that EGOT thing. That what I was is it? It's Emmy, Grammy. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony? Oh, What's yeah. It? Then you have to make a film. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar. What's Which a Tony? For a Broadway. That's Broadway. Oh. Yeah. There you go. I don't know anything about that. Do you know anything about that? We'll figure it out. We'll, okay, so we're starting it? with Excited the Accountability. Excited accountability. That's right. (laughs) Okay. We'll make our song. Um, I'm excited about that. How long do we have? Two weeks? What's your... The timeline is... Oh, yeah. I'm actually due for a song this weekend. Next weekend, I'm in Tahoe. Okay. I'm 
I'm down to work on it this weekend or I'm gone next weekend or the weekend after that. But um, yeah, I'm here this weekend and then two weekends from now. So no, we got to lock it. We got to lock it in. We can't just go like maybe maybe it'll work out because we won't do it this weekend. Or do you have time this weekend? I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do, do it. it. I'm excited. Um. Oh. Okay. I got some beats. I got some beats in the in the um. What do you call it? In the fridge? In the can? Where in do you the keep fridge. Yeah, I was trying to come up fridge. with a cool phrase, but I, I just <laughs> got some beats in my fridge. My, if you know what I mean? <laughs> they've been stowed there for a long time. They're, they're, I mean, they're in the cloud, but they're also in the fridge, so to like speak. Like that. People are going to yeah. start saying that. Um, send me those beats. <laughs> okay. Let me check them you, out. You got to help me think of a cool rapper name. Right now, my rapper name is Jimmy Kang. It's just not that cool. I'm the worst um, at that, dude. I don't, I'm, no. It's, it's my really it's my really username hard. on everything is just a portner so you're i feel I like see. in that we're we're the same there we're the same i mean i could be like j j kang yeah that's yeah j kang and a portner we got to come up with something catchier than that i yeah. like i'm a big fan of um craig federighi aka hair force one do you know who he is he's the silver-haired dude um that's on stage at all the mac conferences he's you'd recognize him if no, i should okay. picture yeah. of him but I have a weird obsession with Craig Federighi. Like he, <laughs> my phone case is Craig Federighi and yeah. my work that like my work laptop background is just a picture of Craig Federighi. I regularly change my Slack photo to Craig Federighi. Dude, let's do a song about everyone. Craig Federighi. I, yeah, I mean, oh, down. Hell yeah. Hair for like, yeah. It, it's, it's Why little, do they call him hair force? I'm assuming he has gray hair. Yeah. I mean, here you gotta, okay. You gotta, you gotta. You got to use, use google.com. Okay. I've been using it. So I look at myself and I'm not there. Craig Feder. Okay. Here we go. Entrepreneur. Uh, okay. I was expecting more something. No disrespect to. His oh hair. my goodness. I think when you called How him Hair Force One. That? I don't know. He's ha- look at those locks. He, he's, he's the walking ad for Touch of Gray. He's, <laughs> he's the highest form. <laughs> I came from the generation of watching Steve Ballmer announce Windows 95 or whatever and just like scream at people and sweat like crazy. So I want, there's a level of production value that I expect. I see. Um, you got to see him. He's, he's, his dad jokes are next level. And he looks yeah. like he has next level dad jokes. Yeah. It's okay to have <laughs> unhealthy obsessions with middle-aged men that build software, right? That's, that's, okay. a, that's my side hustle. So you're okay. fine. Yeah. Honestly, it's a respectable side hustle. Um, Craig's next level. Craig's my spirit animal. Yeah, give me some. Oh, let's look up some more stuff about Craig Federighi. I was uh, thinking about. I was thinking about like my rapper name being Lil Craig or yeah. Lil Fed, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully. I I thought I came up with this bit where I was like, every rap song I'll introduce myself as like a different name. It's like the <laughs> rap game. I, that's my Instagram bio. I was like, down like the rap game, Deborah Messing or something like that. And then I realized Lil Dicky just does that at the beginning of every song. And I subconsciously took that. And I was like, this is mine. I came up with this. I do that all the time. Yeah. I do that all. I hear a lyric and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to use this. And I'm like, yep. I literally just copied their entire song. I need to start from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. This, this is, is the greatest is... idea ever. Yep. This is Come Clean by Hillary Duff. I literally <laughs> just reread it. Um, literally justin bieber yeah uh yeah let's do it okay we're gonna do it um all right we've been on for i don't know hour and 40 Ooh. should we call it there Whew. you want to call it 
What do you do? Quick Q and A. Anyone out there ask have any questions? Caller, go ahead. All right, caller. Caller. Uh yeah. Hello. <laughs> what? How do I access this Google? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm calling from tech support. I heard you guys know how to get it onto Google. Is it in Texas? <laughs> I had. I did hear. I had a list of questions. What? What? What did I have? This. Okay, I had. What did I want to talk about? I had Cal Poly. Covered that. I had mm-hmm. True Detective. Covered that. You, that was, you didn't even know I watched True Detective, so you put that in there just so you could talk about True Detective. No, nah, I was creeping through our old Facebook messages, and I mentioned it one like a while back. <laughs> I did, I I did all research. my research on you in, in 20 minutes, though, but I love it. Dinner, dinner ran too late. I'm a, pretty, yeah, I'm a pretty surface-level person, so you could usually cram in before dinner. I mean, people manager, passionate developer, Tiger King enthusiast. I should change that. I should change that. I like, struggled with the third thing. Just because it's a little bit old. No, it's good. My Instagram bio, the, I'm, I'm the proudest of that, of pretty much anything in my life, is um, I eat at least two times a day. Like, if that That's pretty is not, good. That's pretty good. It's deep. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. It's like deep yet shallow, which I think is what you want from an yeah. Instagram bio. I mean, it's totally true. I, I always eat at least two times a day. Yeah. I, it's important to me. I was going to do 100% that bitch, but I felt like... <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I am 100% that bitch. So you, I don't know. You I are. go back and forth on it. Yeah, you this is. bitch can't make a decision. All right, we got to leave. I mean, we got to um we got to steal lyrics from from Lizzo 100%. We got to <laughs> yeah. mix in this song has to be geeky. It has to be SoundCloud. It has to have some Silver Fox. Mm-hmm. It has to have some Tiger King references. I think um, we can make all that happen. It's got to have a couple oofs. Um yeah all the things it's like a salad just like random (laughs) ingredients you're popping in it's gotta have pumpkin seeds it's gotta be just stream of consciousness it's gotta be it's gotta be wonderful okay Um, let's do it but we're doing it okay sometime this weekend we will find time tomorrow even sure we're gonna make a song dude i I have no life i have zero life that's true what are we even doing like i'm why am i acting like i got plans and stuff like that's just i'm just trying to sound cool i'm trying to front I sit in is my this room. girlfriend real that you told you're gonna lock yourself in the room, or is this like this, um, for the pod, this is your podcast persona? She says she's real. She says she's real. Okay. All right. We'll dig into that. We'll dig into that offline. I'm pretty. I mean, <laughs> people don't lie about that stuff, right? People. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Have yeah, you met? Have too. you met your wife yet? <laughs> uh, she. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. She goes to a different school, so you probably wouldn't know her. Mm. Mm. Happens. Yeah, we'll meet them. We'll, we'll meet them someday. We'll meet them someday. Oh my goodness! All right, Andrew, thank you so much for dude. Anytime. That this was, was so fun. much fun. Yeah. Wow. I hope we can do it again. And uh, I hope your mom enjoys listening to this. I hope I didn't swear too much. All three hundred and sixty of them. Oh, was it 350. 350. Oh, yeah. I was trying to sound cool. You gotta, yeah, yeah you gotta, like you gotta get those callbacks more crisp. Yeah. There you go. How many, how many uh, streams is our song gonna get? How many at streams least, are song gonna get? At yeah, least at two. Least, at least I obsessively true. refresh it. So I don't know how the SoundCloud algorithm accounts if it tracks by IP or so if I can keep. I learned it. I tried to boost my own plays, but mm-hmm. I learned that if you play your own SoundCloud song from your account, you don't get credit for it. So yeah, that makes but sense. I but I didn't set up another account, but I feel like I should. Cause then I could I can kind of game it for a little because like, for like I for one, sure for I, one listen. I no, I have for sure listened to Oof at least four times. You should times. use a 
And by the way, we're going to talk about schemes and how to scam SoundCloud at the end of this. Um, <laughs> we should, yeah, you should get a VPN and then use a guest account or don't use an account and then just log into a bunch of random IP addresses on the VPN and play your song. There you go. That's a genius idea. I need to do that. It's, so go. it's the equivalent of, wait, you get a VPN. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because then your IP address is like different. Ah. Like, I'm in England now. I'm in, I almost said Europe. Yeah. I'm in Florida. Like you're I'm in a bunch of different places. I and see, then see. the system is like, this is a unique listen from a different area. I see. And I'll do that on my iPad and my iPhone and my work computer. Have your girlfriend who is computer. real do it as She's well. She's real. She's, of I'm course. almost for sure. Almost for sure. That's great. That's all you need. Yeah. Above definitely. 40%. Above forty is almost <laughs> for sure. I like that. That's a good. That's a good scale. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. It'll be awesome, dude. Let's do this. Thanks In for fact, having me on. What is your podcast called? Do you intro it at the top? Um. So you, you, uh, what I did before it, was I read your intro, so I'll read oh, your okay, story great, great. kind of after the fact. I'll be like, me and Andrew talked about this. Um, do you want me to like? Excuse me. Just drop in anything about purple mattresses or legal zoom or anything. Um who are you sponsored yeah. by? Legal Zoom, um, stamps.com. Stamps, yeah. <laughs> what are the other ones? What are the other what a niche ones? business of just like yeah, like they stamps they, a different way. They advertise hard as hell on the podcast. Scene. People are hurting for stamps and they do not know where to get them. I've seen people outside <laughs> just yelling stamps, like looking in mailboxes to try to take some. It's like people did not know where to get these stamps. Um, Square advertises pretty hard. Square Cash. Square, Squarespace. Square, uh, oh, stamps Squarespace are, themselves are square. Purple hard. mattresses are square. Purple mattresses. Theme. Everything CBD. Um, yeah, I get those Everything texts CBD. Dude, I just have way too much inflammation. You got to get that CBD. Does that have you ever tried it? Uh, I felt I kind of want to two percent more relaxed. That's an I mean that's that's an ad right there. CBD yeah. hit me up. That was my first, my first experience <laughs> with CBD was I heard it re relaxes you, so I took a hit off of a vape. And then one of my friends told me about popcorn lungs or whatever. The chem like apparently vaping is bad for your lungs, and then I got so stressed out by that that it completely negated <laughs> the effects of CBD, and I haven't got back. I feel relaxed, but I'm getting cancer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's not worth it anymore. Yeah. So just for a sample of how my psychosis work. I'm using Anchor. I don't know if you've heard of Anchor. Anchor is a is like the Spotify owned podcasting publishing tool. It's pretty cool. You can oh great. You can like upload a clip into there and then you can break it apart and then you can add ad segments and then you can also add like intros, like the cool oh, podcast cool. music intro sound stuff. So I've been using Got that. It's it. pretty good. It distributes to Anchor, the app itself, and then it also eventually distributes to like Apple Podcasts, Spotify and stuff. So. Got it. Yeah. That's an interesting name for a podcast. It's just Anchor. It is. They make <laughs> it very easy to upload. I don't know why. See, anyone, you could come up with, a, if they can come up with the name Anchor for podcast editing software, which I feel like has nothing to do with Anchors, you could come up with a rap name for yourself. Mm. Oh, wait, did I, you asked about the name of well, my podcast? Anchor. I did, yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> Um, 88. We're both ADHD level nine thousand. It's Jimmy Meat World, the That's Jimmy really Meat World good. podcast. Like Jimmy Eat, Jimmy Eat World. You Jimmy? should. Can you can you set a goal for yourself at the, by the end of next year to get one member of the band Jimmy Eat World on your podcast? Hell yeah! That's my goal. 
my only goal with this podcast was to make 10 episodes and this is episode six i'm nice. I'm, I'm keeping true to you're doing it my, my promise to me and it's been fun things it's so tens. fun i do i don't know I, 10 is my number it's such an arbitrary number but like it's better That's than arbitrary. Yeah, you literally have 10 it's like the base system for accounting <laughs> I don't know where I Am got I, 10 from. I, I'm making art to feel free from my like tech job. I want to feel creatively liberated. Mm-hmm. And then I just immediately put myself into a new system. Like you got to create 10 or 100. Yep. That's or good 1, though. You need the yeah. carrot. Just you need yeah. structure. The carrot, the carrot definitely helps. Podcasting is the easiest, I feel like. I don't know. I mean, your podcast was much more sophisticated than mine. But podcasting is like, it's easy. We just, we're just chatting. We're just hanging out. Catching yeah. up. I like yeah, it. it depends on the the form of what you're trying to do. It's, like, it's I feel like the bar has been raised so much by a bunch of like it started off as this yeah. underground way to have but, communication, and now you have all these major news outlets and major comedians and all sorts of famous people doing it. That's like, well, shoot, it's a little saturated, but it's probably freeing for them to be able to just have a forum to do whatever the hell they want. To talk it about is definitely show. becoming saturated, I think. But I don't know. I think podcasts will grow. I think it's cool that a lot of people are doing it, like the NBA players. I think players Google, doing... I think YouTube, I think podcasts. I think they're gonna, all going to be pretty big. I, w- I feel like of those three, podcasting is the most surefire bet. Easily. I would buy the uh, podcast easily. stock yeah. before I'd buy the I, Google stock. I just go to Google to look up podcasts. And I can't, anytime I go to Google, I don't hear anything. So I'm like, what is the point? Yeah. I, I mean, if I was in a space where I had to compete with Bing and DuckDuckGo, I just don't, I just don't Give want up. to. You just, you just roll win. over. You just can't I'm, win. I'm DuckDuck dead. I'm out. Exactly. I can't do it. It's just yeah. too good of a name. DuckDuckGo is a pretty funny name. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. crazy that that's a product that like people sat around a table and decided to name that product DuckDuckGo. And I no like one table, told them I feel like a table it. wasn't involved. It was that's like true. one guy. <laughs> one guy's like, this there's, is what. There's no way that survived. DuckDuckGo. There's no way that survived an approval process. You're absolutely right. No. This, yeah. is, pre, this is before approvals. There's no way. Yeah. What's the name of your podcast? So I can... Uh, it was called Terrible Advice. Terrible Advice. Okay, it's it for on about Apple, a year. Is it on Apple Podcast? I think I stopped paying for it. Oh, okay. So it might not be. Okay. Yeah. I will have to. I'll have to listen. I'll have to find. I'll have to go through because it was fun. It was fun doing it. I'll have to find some episodes. Yeah. I will definitely. I'll definitely check that out. But hopefully, you'll be down to be on the podcast again. Hopefully, we can. I have no life. I'll do whatever. I'll yes. make rap songs. I'll write a TV show. Okay. I'll do this We're making again. rap songs. Love it. We're gonna be on a TV show. You're gonna come on the podcast regularly. We're gonna dominate the world. Um, thank you so much, dude. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. How super fun. All right. I'm going to stop recording now. How do I stop recording?